0: It's that time again. Time for the GoIoGo Go podcast number 14. I'm your host Jeff Fry and I'm joined by the publisher of GoIOGo Go website Ian Mcmacken. Quite the crowd, quite the crowd again. Ian, how you doing?
1: Doing great, Jeff. Uh, kind of surviving a little snow here in the Rocky Mountains here in Denver, and keeping my fingers crossed that it clears up, uh, will make my trip up to Laramie on Saturday morning, uh, having a double dip up there with the football team, taking on a big game against San Diego State, and then uh, following that, the Wyoming basketball team will be taking on South Dakota State.
0: yeah uh this is gonna be a big game, you know, and i'm i'm uh I'm thinking that right now or at least shortly after last Saturday, poke nation was feeling about like this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were feeling a little sad, but hey, it's all behind them now, and uh they're focused on uh on the San Diego State Aztecs, which are a pretty formidable team. But uh, I i don't know. I got this. Maybe it's just a homer in me. But I've got this feeling that I think they're going to do really well.
1: Yeah, Wyoming has shown under bowl, at least this season, they had the capability to bounce back after a tough loss. Um, they played Boise State, which is a very as talented as San Diego State is. And that basically says that I think Wyoming can match up uh, with San Diego State pretty well. Um, you know, they're a very talented team, got a big offensive line, but there's something about playing games up in Laramie, especially for sea level teams in mid-November. It's going to be an interesting feel up there for that San Diego State team team coming into Laramie. So Wyoming will, I do believe, have some intangibles on their side. Uh, a senior class uh, playing likely their last game in Laramie. Normally bodes well for the home team, so there are some uh, benefits I think the Cowboys have when they play the Aztecs on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think so, and uh, you know the Aztecs uh, have a little bit of problem with the long ball, and uh, you know we may have to, or they, I should say, uh, may have to uh, depend on that a little bit more, particularly if uh, they're uh, bottling up the run game. But uh, uh, I'm. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty confident. Uh, your uh, guy that uh, does your behind the enemy lines, the reporter from San Diego, he gave. He only uh, gave the Aztecs about a 10, 10 point lead in his score. So, you know, uh, he knows and he knows some of the problems of that team. So, uh, this is going to be really interesting. It'll be an
1: interesting game, and uh, the one thing to keep in mind is uh, Wyoming has played up to it. A- its opponents pretty well this year and maybe played down to some of its opponents this year a little bit. But this team seems to have a certain fiber and character. And I think the coaching staff led by Coach Bowl kind of instilled this into them. But they seem to have this fiber character to, kind of, you know, to pick their level of play up, even though they had some problems defensively last week. You just get a kind of a feel this team has been really focused this week. The coaching staff's been focused this week, and they're really trying to tighten up some of those uh, weaknesses from last week.
0: Speaking of last week, uh, why don't we take a a few minutes out here and listen to the play-by-play of uh, last week's game. Cowboys suffered a heartbreaking triple overtime defeat Saturday 69-66 against the Rebels of the University of Nevada Las Vegas. After heroically battling back to a 52-52 tie at the end of regulation, the Pokes took UNLV to three overtime periods before the Rebel place kicker Nikolai Bornan booted a 40-yard field goal to win the game. The loss dropped the Cowboys to 7-3. The Rebels opened the game with a nine play 64 yard drive, capped off by a 45 yard field goal, making the score Wyoming nothing, UNLV three, with 10 15 remaining in the first quarter. The Cowboys just took five plays to hit a field goal of their own on their first possession. Cooper Roth hit a 46 yard field goal, which tied the score 3 3 with 8.07 in the first quarter. UNLV scored on their next possession, making the score Wyoming 3, UNLV 10, following a six-play drive that resulted in a 34-yard run for the score by running back Jay Flowers with five minutes remaining in the first quarter. The Cowboys answered the Rebels' score with a six-yard touchdown run by Brian Hill with 14-18 remaining in the second quarter, tying the score 10-10.
2: He'll load up the eye, He'll the deep back, give it to Brian. Brian trying to turn the corner. He does at the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Cowboys!
0: The Pokes took the lead 17-10 on the Rebels' next possession following a fumble recovered by Logan Wilson in the end zone with 14.02 remaining in the second quarter.
2: Back into the shotgun. Takes the snap and fakes the inside handoff. That ball is on the turf. It's loose in the end zone. The Cowboys, the Cowboys have jumped on it. That's a touchdown, Wyoming.
0: Rebels roared back two drives later to tie the score 17-17 on a seven-play drive capped off by 27-yard run by David Green with 7.09 on the clock in the second quarter. The Cowboys gave the ball right back to the Rebels on their next drive after Josh Allen fumbled the ball on their 29-yard line. UNLV tacked on three points a short time later with a 35-yard field goal by Evan Pantels making the score UNLV 20, Wyoming 17 with 5.46 showing on the second quarter clock. Wyoming fumbled the ball again on their next possession when DJ May lost the ball at the Wyoming 16 trying to return the Rebels' kickoff. The Rebels took just one play to capitalize on the Cowboys' mistake when UNLV quarterback Kirk Pandek hit Campbell for 18 yards and the score with 5.29 remaining in the second quarter, making the score UNLV 27, Wyoming 17. Wyoming answered the Rebels with one minute and 14 seconds remaining on the half on a 48-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen to Tanner Gentry, making the score UNLV 27, Wyoming 24.
2: The right side, fake the give, Allen wants it all. Looking deep, he's got a man. This is caught, it's
0: caught by Gentry. Touchdown,
2: Cowboys!
0: Las Vegas, Nevada drove to Wyoming's 10-yard line in seven plays and stalled on their next possession. Rebel kicker Evan Pantels added three points on a 35-yard field goal making the score UNLV 30, Wyoming 24, with one second remaining in the half. Wyoming got the ball to start the second half, but went three and out. UNLV took over and returned to its scoring ways by taking eight plays, capped off by a one-yard run by Campbell, making the Rebels lead 37-34, with 10-37 remaining in the third quarter. The Cowboys answered that score with one of their own by driving to the Rebels' 15-yard line in seven plays. Brian Hill rushed for the touchdown with six minutes and 10 seconds remaining in the second quarter.
2: The eye backfield again. Hill is the deep back in the eye. Allen up under center. Turns, gives to Hill, right up the middle. Brian inside the 10, to the 5. Hill, he's to the outside. He's in. Touchdown, Cowboys!
0: The third quarter ended with... UNLV 37, Wyoming 31. Rebel running back David Green scored on a one yard run with 13.18 in the fourth quarter to go up 44 to 31 over the Cowboys. Wyoming's Austin Conway answered the Rebels' score with a 60 yard punt return to take the lead 45 to 44 with 10.58 on the clock.
2: All right, Mornan is in to punt it out of there as he puts the toe to it. This a low wobbler. Conway will return. He fields at the 40. Conway up to the 45-50. Conway puts on a move. He's to the 45. Conway, he's outside to the 30. Here we go to the 10. Conway is
0: in. Touchdown,
2: Cowboys.
0: The Rebels immediately answered the Wyoming score and reclaimed the lead on a 75-yard run by quarterback Kirk Paneldek with 10.38 on the clock, making the score UNLV 52, Wyoming 45. The Cowboys tied the score 52-52 on an 11-play drive covering 97 yards in one minute and six seconds when Josh Allen hit Tanner Gentry with a 19-yard pass with time expired.
2: Gentry and Johnson to the right, ball hard, wide left out of the gun, Allen. Allen steps up in the pocket, now rolling right. He's gonna throw to the end zone. This is, no, it's incomplete. Zeros on the clock.
0: Oh, they'll review this. The game goes into overtime with Wyoming scoring first on a Brian Hill 15 yard run.
2: Doing it right now. Give it to Hill. Hill's got some room. He's to the left. Cuts up at the 10. To the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Cowboys.
0: The Rebels answered to force a second overtime on a 22-yard pass from panel deck to Jay Flowers, tying the score 59-59. UNLV scores to open the second overtime period on a 4-yard pass from panel deck to Andrew Price, making the score UNLV 66-59. The Cowboys tie the score 66-66 on a 19-yard pass from Allen to Jacob Hollister.
2: Donway comes in motion, fake it to him, fake it to Hill, Allen wants to throw, throws to the end zone, wide open, Hollister, that's caught! Touchdown, Cowboys!
0: Wyoming fails to score in the opening third-period drive after Josh Allen throws an interception. The Rebels close out the game on a 40-yard field goal to win 69 to 66.
2: They're all set up. Snap is back low, but the kick is away, and it is good. UNLV has knocked off the Wyoming Cowboys here in Las Vegas in triple overtime.
0: The Cowboys record falls to seven and three, now tied for the mountain division lead with Boise State. Reporting for the Go IO Go podcast, I'm Jeff Fry. And there it is. That was the uh, play-by-play of the uh, UNLV game. I tell you, when they made that score and got up by one point, it sure felt like a big momentum swing, and then they came right back. I think uh, that was the thing that I think saved UNLV, because if they had not been able to come back, I think Wyoming would have prevailed there. I
1: completely agree with you. I even stated that in my uh, Cowboy Roundtable this week, that uh, that play really stood out to me because the Cowboys were starting to get over the hump. Conway makes that big return for a touchdown off a punt. That's a big momentum uh, switch. And then the next play, UNLV runs back for a touchdown with their quarterback. He's untouched. And, yes, we make a stop on bounds there very good chance that the Cowboys, way they were moving the ball, could extend that lead out and really been in a lot better shape uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I tell you, they just were a little bit off. And uh, Coach Bowl talked about that, that he thought that the team um, didn't have their legs, they were a little tired. You know, it's late in the season and uh, really kind of blamed himself for not having the team ready but they had they've shown difficulty on the road playing. I mean, this is similar to the Eastern Michigan game where they were kind of off sync, you know? And I think this is a similar thing that happened out in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, I think the Eastern Michigan uh situation uh, is a very good example of, of going into this game against San Diego State and we hope uh, Coach Bull and the staff can get those legs fresh because they're going to need to be fresh for a very physical uh, San Diego State team that likes to pound the ball right at you um, but based on the past part of this season, got to feel fairly confident that this coaching staff is going to have this team ready for a mar- another marquee matchup.
0: Well, you know the pattern has been this year that when uh, the three time that three times that Wyoming has lost or the two previous times that Wyoming has lost, they've come back with big games and they've been at home. And so here we are, we've come off a disappointed loss and now they're back home. And, um, uh, it, I think it bodes well for the Pokes. So, uh, I hope I'm not having too thick of my brown glasses on, but <laughs> I, brown and gold glasses, but I, uh, uh, I really, I, I don't know. I just feel good about this. Uh, Coach Bull, uh speaking of Coach Bull, uh talked about uh, the game in his Monday press conference. Uh, why don't we uh, take a listen to what he had to say?
3: Obviously, I've uh, been in that film room grinding away, trying to work on uh, uh, fixing our issues uh, and building on some of the positive things that we did last week. And then getting ready to play against what I think is a great football team. And I know they're ranked, and they certainly deserve to be ranked. It'll be a great challenge, but a great opportunity for us to be at home. Um, after viewing the tape of uh, last week's game, some of the positive things that we did, first of all, we scored on defense again. Thought that was great, and we scored on a punt return. And so anytime you can do that, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, offensively, we made a lot of big plays, and uh, certainly the last drive was uh, going to be a drive that I'll certainly remember for a long, long time. I think it's an indication of you know our playmaking ability, and also an indi- indication of you know some um, a confidence and execution of a two-minute drive. Um, some of the things that uh, we're disappointed in uh, uh, the rushing total. Uh, it's completely unacceptable to have 400 yards. Uh, it's going to be hard to win a football game like that. Um, also, the other thing is is uh, I think the turnover margin is 4 to 1. And uh, we have won games this year. You throw out yards. I learned that a long time ago, throw out yards. You got to look at that turnover margin. And uh, we didn't take care of the football like we normally do. Uh, we put the ball in harm's way. And uh, we didn't need to do a better job ball hawking, coming up with some uh, turnovers. So. Uh, really disappointed, but, but I, I think we need to credit uh, uh, UNLV. Um, you know, they're, they're a, a talented football team. Certainly they've had some ups and downs this year, but they utilize their bye week well. Uh, we also have to recognize that we've been in the midst of a pretty hard grinder here. And uh, we went out there, and I, I, I was concerned about us being fresh. You know, much is going to be made, Okay, how many missed tackles you had. And you know, you have a guy like Andrew Wingard missed several tackles, Um, and Logan Wilson. And those are just two names who are our top tacklers. And we didn't tackle very well. And so I thought we were heavy legged and tired and I need to take some response not some I need to take responsibility for that as a head football coach That that team went in there and I don't think we had the snap that we needed to. Uh, We're looking at what we need to do to make sure that we're fresh at kickoff this week. you know, we, we still have a lot to play for. Uh, it's going to be important that our football team um, bounces back. We've got a seasoned veteran coaching staff. And, uh, you know, we're right in the middle of this hunt. We need to recognize that. But nonetheless, it's going to take a, you know, a really good performance to beat this football team because they are a team that I see the trajectory is going like this. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey, uh, in my mind, is a phenomenal back. I've watched tons of tape on him. You know, he made a, cu- a cut against South Alabama that he went sideways as fast about anybody that I've seen. The last guy I've seen do that is Sproles. And this guy's way more powerful than him. Uh, they, they really know what they're, they're doing offensively. Uh, they've got a great uh, scheme, um, really good offensive line quarterback operates the offense well. They can go downfield with the football. And defensively, uh, you know, uh, Coach Long's involved in the defense, and you can see his hand all over it. And there's guys coming from all kinds of different places. think the world of Rocky, uh, he and I have known each other a long time. And, uh, you know, it's good to see a guy that, you know what, uh, 60-something, he's still young, and they're still playing really well. And uh, so it'll be a fun, fun game and a great opportunity for us.
0: That was Coach Bowl talking about, uh, in his Monday press conference, uh, talking about the game. Um, uh, He does recognize that there's going to be a challenge, but he also, in the game, uh, recognized that um, the team was a little leg-tired, you know, deep in the season. So um, hopefully uh, they've been able to refresh themselves and and, and get themselves in the right frame of mind uh, to face UNLV i face San Diego, I mean.
1: Yeah, San Diego State is a very physical football team. Something we're going to have to look at. The Cowboys are going to have to be ready,
4: prepared
1: um, to be more physical, do a better job at tackling. Um, Notice teams through a course of the season do go through lulls, and the Cowboys uh, – you know, had that ball against UNLV while UNLV had that two week preparation period. I mentioned last week that was one of the concerns for me going to the game that UNLV would have, have those two weeks. And then when I watched them on the sidelines, what I noticed was they're hopping around, jumping around, very excited before kickoff, trying to get that fourth win. Um, they came out with that energy while we were in that, playing in that lower level of intensity. And, and that, and, They've really got the momentum going there for UNLV. But the uh, Cowboys, I think, will come up a lot more charged up at home on senior day uh, with that football team when they take on San Diego State.
0: Well, uh, Josh Allen uh, was asked after the game uh, about his game and and, and uh, how they came out of that. And, uh, of course, uh, he's a stand-up guy. He, he took a lot of the blame, but uh, it was interesting uh, to see how uh, – uh, he handled the loss. You know, it, it sucks.
2: They came out and they played well, and um, obviously early on we didn't. You know, I, there's going to be 50 guys in there say it was a team thing, but I, I put this one on, largely on my shoulders. Um, as an offense, uh, we didn't take care of the balls. I had three turnovers myself, and uh, when you can't convert on third down. You, you put your defense in vulnerable situations, and that's what we did tonight
0: that was josh allen uh you know he's i have a lot of admiration for the kid he uh takes ownership he's a real leader and um uh, i really think that um uh, obviously it's going to be a lot on his shoulders uh, for this next game but uh, he's he's not lacking for confidence that's for sure
1: i agree with you jeff and um, we're lucky to have a guy like Josh Allen that's a good leader, but he has uh, the ability to make so many plays. And against a team like San Diego State, you need to have difference makers to move the football. And the Cowboys have moved the ball very well this year. They're a very prolific offense. Uh, They've got a number of, of really good offensive players this year that have developed. And all of them are going to have to be in their A game, playing against a very good San Diego State defense. that's physical. Lockheed Long is one of the best defensive minds and college football he has them playing well as a unit so it's it's offensive side of football the cowboys are going to have to be ready to go fortunately they have a quarterback and a wide receiver and a running back tight end they can make some big plays in big situations
0: that's true and uh, if they didn't if the defense uh, works on their tackling problems which they actually uh, coach bull had mentioned that it actually got better at tackling in the game. You know, towards the end, uh, they finally got over their hump. So, uh, hopefully, they've worked on that. Uh, uh, Andrew Wingert had an uncharacteristic uh, game. He was having a tough time tackling. So, uh, it was obviously uh, they were off. But I tell you what, uh, Tanner Gentry, uh, the wide receiver, senior wide receiver. He is a gem, and uh, he made two spectacular catches. Of course, that one uh, at the end of that uh, no uh, timeout drive uh, to end the regular regular, uh, time, uh, fourth quarter. Uh, He is something else. I had a chance to uh, talk with him this week uh, about that game and uh, uh, just uh, his uh, feelings in general. Let's listen to that. Well, we had the uh, senior receiver for the Wyoming Cowboys, Tanner Gentry, with us today on the Go Y.O. Go podcast. Uh, welcome, Tanner, to Go Y.O. Go. How are you doing? I'm
4: doing well. How are you doing?
0: Oh, well, I'm doing fine. A little cold and dark here in Virginia, but uh, we'll get through it. Uh-huh. All right. You know, these are these are the kind of interviews that are kind of hard to do when you guys are coming off a disappointed loss. But I wanted to talk to you because despite the outcome, you had a pretty good game.
4: Yeah, I thought I played well. I thought I made some plays and I just did what I could to put us in the best position to win. Kind of was a bummer that we fell short, but um, we're, we're ready for the next game.
0: Now I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, Coach uh, Coach Bull was asking his press conference about... Uh, about the team being a little bit off, and uh, he thought that uh, you guys might have been a little leg-tired or uh, a little bit more, not as much spark as you'd had before. Did you notice that going into the game? Uh,
4: I, th- I think I noticed it a little bit. Uh, we kind of had a slow start. Um, guys were, were kind of tired. I, I guess I couldn't say where where that um, tiredness came from, but uh, I think Coach Bowles is kind of just working on a solution to that and make sure that we're fresh uh, for the next game
0: now uh, it's a you've had uh, you know you had trouble uh, when you went out to Michigan Uh, not a very um, uh, large crowd uh, an opponent that uh, probably everybody thought that you should beat Uh, this was kind of a similar situation wasn't it
4: Uh, yeah I think so Um, I I think we were the better team Um, it's kind of a disappointing loss, but um, I, don't, I don't think we have any time to, to sulk on it or be upset about it, because uh, we we got a good team coming into Laramie, so we got to get ready for the next game.
0: That's a point that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you're one of the seniors on the team. Uh, what are you and your fellow uh, senior classmates doing to uh, help this team get over the loss?
4: I uh, just think staying positive, um, just encouraging guys, and we know that we're better than what we showed on Saturday. Um, so we're just really excited, I think, to bounce back and um, to play at home on Saturday against a good opponent.
0: What do you know about uh, the Aztecs as far as your being a receiver against their secondary?
4: Um, not much so far. I, I didn't get a chance to play them last year because of my injury. But um, I know that they have, they have good athletes, and they always do. So um, they'll, they'll present a good challenge for us.
0: Well, you're uh, got two more games to go, and uh, so your career here at the University of Wyoming is winding down. Uh, uh, despite this outcome last weekend, this has been a heck of a, a way to end your career, hasn't it?
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, the senior year's been a blast. Um, I've had a lot of fun with with the guys and um, winning games, and it's been awesome. So. Uh, um, yeah i couldn't ask for anything uh, anything else as far as my senior season goes
0: well uh, we're wishing you guys all the luck in the world and we'll be cheering for you uh, wanted to ask you uh, any last thoughts uh, before you go into this game
4: uh, not really i'm just excited for the game um, it's my last home game in my career so I'm gonna be a little emotional but i'm, I'm, I'm super excited to, to get out there again
0: Is your family going to come up for this?
4: Yep, they'll all be here.
0: Well, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, fantastic. Uh, Here's wishing you luck this coming weekend. And uh, again, thanks for all that you've done for Wyoming. And uh, let's hope for a good outcome, all right? All
4: right. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. That was my conversation with Tanner Gentry earlier this week. Uh, I noticed they had a, a little cut. Uh, or a little interview with him, uh, he ended up on uh, ESPN Sports Center's top ten with having two of the top ten plays, and uh, I guess he was with um, uh, Josh Allen at Walmart. He said, and uh, he got a text from his mother telling him that he'd made that. That was that's quite something.
1: It's a great story. Um, two top ten plays. I don't think very many people and in across sports, generally pro or college has been in the top ten on the same telecast for two plays. So and those are two great catches and he had the big catch a couple weekends ago against Boise State that gave the Cowboys a big victory. He's just making huge catches. This is the program. Both you and me have had the witness be able to watch some of the great receivers, you know, going back for me would be Jay Novacek, Ryan Yarbrough, Marcus Harris. Javon, Bo Knight, Malcolm Floyd and this guy is certainly up in that category with him
0: well, uh, I certainly uh, agree with you on that, uh, I think he's going to be um, <clears throat> I think he's going to be a pro prospect I really do, he's got the size, uh, he's obviously got the skills, so um, I'm really thinking we might be seeing him on Sunday next year
1: I agree with you Jeff I've been thinking about that and we talked about that a little bit this summer And he does have have the full package. He has decent enough speed, has great hands, is a great route runner, and he has good size. I mean, the guy's 6'2", 215, pretty good size for a wide receiver. They like the big wide receivers in the NFL, but those catches he's making are are just amazing uh, catches uh, that he doesn't seem like he drops very many balls, even on tough throws.
0: Yeah. He's something else. And along with the other receivers, we've had, uh, have Hollister and um, uh Those three have really, really come to play this, their senior year. So uh, we're quite fortunate to have them. Now I'm going to transition on you here. Uh, I did have another conversation this week. And uh, not a player, but a cowboy extraordinaire uh, nonetheless. I talked with Tracy Ringlesby. You know, he's the uh, Hall of Fame baseball writer, and uh, he's a big poke fan. And uh, every year, he brings a bunch of his uh, sports-writing friends and colleagues to Laramie to witness a game. And uh, he calls it Wyomingia. And uh, he's going to do that for the... uh, uh, for the uh, uh, game this weekend and uh, i had a chance to talk to him about that let's listen all right go i go podcast fans we've got a special guest today none other than mr tracy ringlesby hall of fame baseball writer and poke fan extraordinaire hello tracy welcome to the go i go podcast hey good to be here you know uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that game that was down there in Las Vegas in a minute, but uh, I wanted to check with you on a on a deal that you've gotten going <clears throat> every year, and uh, this is your little gathering called Wyomania. I understand that you're going to do that uh, for the uh, the San Diego game. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, we usually do it the last home game of the season because uh, it's it's baseball writers and scouts and sometimes a coach or two, and <laughs> so we want to make sure it's as removed as we can from the postseason so people have a time to get home and and unpack, and their wives let them come back out of town.
0: (laughs) Well, that's... uh, How long have you been doing that? This
5: will be the 14th year.
0: Wow, 14 years.
5: Uh, Yeah, we've had a a few conflicts this year, so we've only got, uh, I think, 28 guys coming
0: in for it. Only 28? That sounds like a lot.
5: We've had up to 42 at times, so... Wow. It um, it, it varies. It's just, you know... There's uh, there's three weddings and a couple operations this week, so it just kind of tied things down. And then this one guy said, "Has to go to a bar mitzvah." And I told him we had a lot of bars in Wyoming.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got enough bars for that. We can we can mitzvah anything, right? Well, I exactly. tell you. <laughs> well, I tell you. Um, it's always been interesting to me because you're you're really spreading out that love for the Cowboys over a broad, uh, quite influential influential audience. Uh, who are some of the uh, people who've showed up over the years?
5: Well, when you uh, a couple of years ago, Stan Caston, who's the president of the Dodgers, has come um, when he was in between jobs. At Clint Hurdles been here. Uh, you know, uh, Art Howe comes back this year. He's having to have a, sur- a minor surgery, but he. There's only a week you could get it done, um, you know. And then a lot of writers, uh, you know, you, you know a couple of them from from Washington D.C. Bill Ladsle MLB.com, Tom Laverro from there, uh, Kevin Curden from New York, uh, Paul Hagen from Philadelphia, Bob Elliott from Toronto, um, Mark Gonzalez from Chicago, and I, Bob, Bob Nightingale from uh, USA Today. And, you know, it's funny because every now and then one of them will stumble onto a, a, a Story though, actually, write for their paper. I mean, a couple of years ago, if you remember, we had the walk-on place kicker from Philadelphia. Right. So Paul Hagen did a piece. First year we came, uh, Phil Rogers from the Chicago was in the Chicago Tribune at the time. Uh, became fascinated with Jay Strait, who was a great story, so he did it. They did a two-page special piece on him the day of the incident Boy tournament opening. So, I think in some ways it creates some publicity for a while. I mean, get some people maybe to to look at it and pay attention and it's, you know, everybody has a good time and, you know, we, uh, we have, like I said, we have 28 this year and 24 coming back. Uh, two guys are coming back from the 14th year. Wow. Two guys are coming back from the 13th time, so, you know, it, it, it seems to be something that, that everybody enjoys. It's it's a nice getaway. There's Nobody's working and, and nobody has to worry about being misquoted or quoted off the record. Everybody has a good time. A lot of the guys that come are scouts. Right. And, uh, It was funny because David Oppenheimer, he was really upset when he found out that Josh Adams signed in Russia because he's convinced he could play baseball. And it turns out that's one of Josh's favorite sports. And if Josh didn't get a basketball deal, he was going to get him an invite to spring training because he just sat by with his quickness and strength. He could be a heck of a player.
0: Wow. Well, uh, Josh would maybe have something to fall back on when he comes back. (laughs) That sounds great. Tom Tebow. He'll be Tim Tebow, Right. Right. Yeah, another Tim Tebow. <laughs> well, um, have you uh, have you turned any of these guys into uh, like real life Wyoming fans? I mean, you said some of them come back year after year. Yeah, I mean we're pretty. Good. In
5: fact, Bob Elliott met me in, in uh, Michigan. Went to the Mr. Eastern Michigan game with me this year. Bob Dutton comes in every now and then. We'll go to another game. Um, I get emails. They're, they're following the Cowboys all the time, and that becomes like one of their things because they're, they're keeping up with the team they're going to go see. It. And a lot of them really don't uh, don't really have uh, a college team they follow. And the funny part, Bill Ladson came when he came. He was so excited because he had never been to a college football
0: game. Wow!
5: He grew up in he grew up in New York City and was working in Washington D.C. and uh, he had never been, and so he was uh, it was a big deal for him.
0: That's great well I tell you it's really a, um, it's really one of those kind of understated things cause you you don't really make a, a big deal about it. I mean some of us know about it and uh, it's not really a big <clears throat> announcement that I'm aware of, but it's really great that you give these guys a chance to uh, see what it's like out there.
5: Well, and if you go, have you ever heard of uh, Foley's sports Bar in New York City? It's ranked uh, like one of the top five sports bars in the country.
0: No, I've not, but um, give me something to go visit.
5: Yeah, the owner the there comes, and uh, if you go in and you go to the bathroom in the men's room, it's an old building, you know, with the big urinals and stuff, and you look up to the uh, Wyoming volleyball pos- posters uh, on the ceiling in there, <laughs> and there's a, there's a whole wall of autographed baseballs from the various people who have been to Wildmania over the years. Great. Uh, all, the, all Wyoming football and basketball games are always on TV, it's a, It's about two. It's about a block from the United Nations. I think it is. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's he's a he's a big guy. He, he makes the CSU. They have a CSU watch party there, but they have to go to the basement nobody wants <laughs> can be on upstairs.
0: <laughs> well, that's only appropriate. Boy, that's great. That's fantastic. Well, uh, good. I hope uh, all your participants have a uh, good time. And in speaking of having a good time, there's that game coming up, uh, but. You were out uh, in Las Vegas. In fact, I saw you on the sidelines. They showed a picture of you on the sidelines in the TV broadcast, and there you are with your big hat and everything. So uh, what happened there? Did uh, Coach Bowl, I just listened to his uh, press conference, and he he said that the guys were a little leg-heavy, and he kind of took responsibility that they weren't ready. Uh, Was that apparent to you, that they were kind of off when the game started?
5: It just seemed like everything wasn't quite as crisp and sharp as it needed to be. I really think it looked like they were getting themselves back focused and and were really taking charge of the game. And then you had those back to back fumbles. And uh, that gave life to uh, Las Vegas again. I mean, I think if if we don't have the fumble where Josh fumbles and they go down the field and score, I think at that point you've taken all the energy out of the man of Las Vegas because they're not a good team. They're not expecting to win. And. But when they were able to run, get that interception or get that fumble inside the twenty and they scored quickly, and then yeah. the kickoff, DJ May fumbles the kickoff and a play later they score. I think that gave them the energy and the confidence back that that had been taken away after their early uh, the early success. And from that point on, it was just uh, it was a problem. You know, the kid that broke his arm, Devontae Jones, right. the receiver, um, he just he had our guys overmatched. And, and unfortunately for Gafford, um, they, they were playing, Priester couldn't, was hurt. You know, I had, a, had the, I think it was an ankle sprain. Oh, I see. He couldn't play. And so, what they tried to do instead of doing some of the switches on coverage that he and Priester would do, they told Gafford, Look, like, you gotta stand Jones the entire game. Wherever he goes, you go with him. And so I think Gafford probably got a little bit more of a bad rep than he deserved because the guy... Jones is a heck of a receiver.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah, you can
5: tell that. He did things, but there was, you know, there was really no help at that point because they were all, you know, everybody was trying to make sure everything went okay for Antonio Hall, who uh, who's the backup over behind uh, behind Priester. So it, it, lot there were a lot of little things, but you know, I don't know that I've seen. Josh Allen have been as off target as he was the entire game. Yeah, the- all our passing errors came on on long plays. You know, the little short game wasn't there. So there were a lot of things I think that were misfiring, and and uh, the fact that Nevada Las Vegas got some momentum early and then got that lift right when it appeared they were going to lose their momentum um, all parlayed into to one of those days. And I think the ultimate statement of the day, Jeff, is third overtime. Nevada Las Vegas goes to kick the field goal. It goes wide left, but the whistles had blown, whistle had blown before the snap because of a uh, penalty on the snap. So they had to kick it over again, and they made it, that's how the game ended.
0: Yeah, I tell you, that's a penalty that helps you out. I tell you, that's something else. Yeah, I, it, It's one of those games. I My biggest concern is that uh, the guys can come back to Laramie get that off their backs and really focus on it. What's well, going to be an excellent, excellent football team at least uh, they've been so far, so it's going to be a challenge for them.
5: Well, you know what, But the, uh, it will be, and but those are the type of challenges that if, it's not, if they're not there this year, in the next couple of years, those are the type of challenges that this team's going to welcome because that's what t- what Bowles' teams thrive on. You know, his, his teams are teams that people go out looking to beat. And and they they take pride in the fact that uh, you no know, challenge is too big. It takes a while to get that built up, I and mean, part of it is just building up to the depth level. Yeah. But, uh, you know, two weeks ago we, we didn't have anyone who'd ever played nickelback even in practice. After uh, after uh, DJ got ejected and and, uh, and his replacement Kevin had uh, got hurt, so you didn't have anybody in the game who'd ever played nickelback. All of a sudden, you're, you're trying to get through that third quarter with with some kids that are trying to learn the position on the go. So, you know, that's that's a depth factor. That's uh, that's as this kid gets older and moves on, that it, sh- it should be able to outgrow. And, and you know, they they their talk is that they feel like they were with almost all their recruits from last year. They were able. To, you know, we had a handful that they uh, that they didn't, and they actually feel like it's easily the most talented group of the three they've recruited. So, if that's true, then uh, then it would just be another step forward. Like even when those kids start playing, it takes a year or two. And you look at you know you're looking for the big things the juniors and senior years. so you're not looking for big things in their first.
0: You know that's true. And another thing, you know, if you'd ask a lot of us at the beginning of the year, you know, five wins, six wins would have been uh, just we'd been over the moon, and then seeing this team play week after week after week, you know, we got to cut used to that, and uh, they've stumbled, but uh, I really do believe that uh, they're going to come out and give it one hell of an effort this weekend, and uh, uh, they have a chance to win this thing. It's not over by any means.
5: Well, I think Boise State showed that, you know. I don't think a lot of people give them a chance, and if, if they keep everything focused and they keep moving ahead, um, I, I think you'll uh, you'll see
0: some things go well. Well, I'm I'm certainly uh, positive about it. I'm not giving up. Uh, I'm certainly uh, listening to Coach Bull in his press conference that he just concluded here. Uh, he believes that he has a bunch of hyper uh, uh, competitive guys, and that the senior class uh, is really pushing their uh, guys under them. So it. Um, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but I think they can do it. I really do.
5: Well, I hope so. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think at this point, you know, if if the people are going to be realistic about it, at this point, we're uh, we're playing on house money.
0: That's true. And,
5: and so, everything we do from this point on will be fun, and and that's that's the thing that. Uh, that I think we have to keep focused on because this, this team is as as you said it's, it's over cheap I mean it's it's done more than I think anybody um, anticipated and you can't lose sight of that you, you know I mean you can't lose sight that this is still a developing building program it was two and ten last year it's still an extremely uh, inexperienced team, and there's you see these things and these are all growing experiences for these kids to go through and uh, they should learn from it, and they should be better. And, uh, and I think that, you know, that's, that's what you have. And you know, you, You're going to look around. You're going to have to have a couple guys step in next year because you're going uh, to lose some very important people when you talk about Walker or
0: uh, Appleby or uh, Gentry. Oh, Gentry, yeah.
5: Yeah, you know, there's going to have to be some of these kids that step up and, and step into that role. But, you know, there's, there's no reason to think that the physical ability isn't
0: there. Well, I tell you, um, Tanner Gentry is something. I've got an interview with him later today, and uh, he's having a heck of a senior year. And I really think he's, out of the, the group that we have, uh, he's probably, in my opinion, probably one of the best pro prospects that we have. Yeah,
4: he...
5: he uh he has a really good feel for the game, and it's fun. I think the thing that I enjoy with him, that's fun to watch with him, is uh, he and Josh Allen have that telepathy so well together that when, when things get mixed up, he's able to uh, to adapt. And on top of that, uh, on top of that, Josh is able to adapt.
0: Oh
5: yeah. And they end up stringing some pretty interesting plays together that uh, that are definitely not in the playbook.
0: <laughs> yeah, they asked, uh, they asked Coach Bull that every week. You know, what do you feel about this? And he goes, he goes you can't complain about uh, somebody who makes plays. So uh, <laughs> that's something else. Well, Tracy, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, and I want to uh, wish you good luck. Uh, I wish all of us good luck next weekend. And uh, hope that your guests from around the country have a good time.
5: We're all pulling for a victory. They were they were very disappointed on Saturday, so we, we've got to get a victory
0: back for them this week. All right. Well, all right good. well, good. We'll talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks a lot for joining us. All right. That was my conversation with uh, Tracy Ringlesby. Uh, uh, he made some good points about the uh, how this team has overachieved. It's gone beyond what a lot of us thought. There.
1: Oh, I am. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I was just, I was just saying that um, uh, this team, as Tracy pointed out, this team has really gone beyond what a lot of us expected at the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, so I really did believe that the team could get to six wins this year, get to a bowl. I thought it was an important step forward. I looked at the schedule, knew there was an upset or two on that schedule. Um, now predicting it to be in the conf- a chance to play for the Mountain West Conference Championship game, didn't quite make that prediction. But as we all know and we've discussed over the last several months, this is a very young football team. It was a very, very young football team last year. And there's a lot of talent in those underclasses right now. They're maturing and developing. And there's another recruiting class on the way. There's a group of redshirt Freshman, I think people are very excited about when they see him on the field next year with potential. So this program is heading positively upward right now.
0: It certainly is. It certainly is. And uh, hopefully, uh, well, there was one thing I wanted to ask you, and uh, well, now I'm I'm blanking out here. Um, oh, the bowl game situation. Uh, now I I had. You know, we were talking on the board the uh, today about, you know, where we'd like to go. And it was pointed out to me that uh, Las Vegas is still in the mix. Uh, I guess if they win next two games, they could have a real good shot of being in that game. Is that correct?
1: Well, for them to make the Las Vegas Bowl, two things are going to have to happen. They're either going to have to win the conference outright means that if the Cowboys win the next two games, they will definitely play for the Mountain West Conference Championship. If they win that game, they will most certainly be going to Las Vegas because the Las Vegas Bowl will take the Mountain West Conference Champion. Now, there is another scenario. If Wyoming gets into the championship game and loses to San Diego State, there's an outside chance San Diego State gets into one of the major bowl games which would be another opportunity to get in that Las Vegas Bowl. But the most direct route for the Cowboys is to win three games in a row. They win three games in a row. They're very likely and I believe 100% sure to be in the Las Vegas Bowl.
0: So, okay, after the Las Vegas Bowl, where would you like to see them go?
1: I think uh, the Bowl of San Diego would be a a good Bowl to go to you know i had a dream about it a week ago that the cowboys could get to the cotton bowl and if they had beaten UNLV and ran the schedule out and won the mount west conference championship they actually had a pretty legit shot to go to the cotton bowl and play on uh, january 2nd maybe that's a goal for next season or beyond but we know it's out there attainable if you have a really successful season but i think second line would be san diego uh personally but w- regardless of where the cowboys go um, you know, it's going to be great that they're getting to a bowl game this year, and we'll settle in and support them on that route.
0: Well, now I've committed myself to going to a bowl game. Uh, next time that Wyoming went to a bowl game, I said I'm going. So,
1: he, what if they go to Hawaii, Jeff? You going to go to Hawaii? No, I tell you, no.
0: I, I I'm committed, so uh, <laughs> it might uh, <laughs> might put a dent in my wallet, but I'm going to go to a bowl game. Uh, Uh, because uh, it's been a long time between bowl games. Um, I think, well, the last time we went was, what, 2011? Am I right there? That's correct, 2011, uh,
1: 2009 uh, with Christensen, and then one before that, I believe, was 2004 with the UCLA Bowl win. But the way we feel like this program is going, we expect to see a lot more bowl games over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, but I don't want to take that chance, man. I got to go to the next bowl game. <laughs> so yeah, I'm
1: uh, really looking forward to a good matchup. Another thing with the bowl game, I really like to see the Cowboys play a a Pac-12 team. You know, the great thing about the San Diego Bowl, if they can't get into the Las Vegas Bowl, is they would play BYU. Like that matchup, got a chance to uh, ruffle BYU. up. I think the Cowboys would match up well against the Cougars. Give them two to three weeks to prepare for that game. They'd have a very good chance to uh, be very competitive with BYU and beat them. That would be a great, great uh, opportunity there to play BYU and beat them.
0: Well, you know, I'm on record saying that I don't care if we ever play them again. But if we did get in a bowl game with them and we beat them, boy, that would just be fantastic. So that's a very pleasant thought, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think leading into the bowl game, uh, the excitement would be. I think fans are generally going to be excited for whoever we play in a bowl game, but to actually be in a situation where you are playing maybe a BYU now, you know what, if CU loses a game or two down the stretch, Cowboys can get in that Las Vegas Bowl, there's a possibility the Cowboys can be matching up with the Colorado Buffaloes. So, I mean, there's some wishful matchups out there. I don't know if they're going to come to materialization, but it's it's nice to kind of think ahead and know that we at least got that bowl slot put away
0: yeah that's we haven't had this for a while, so let's just enjoy it as it is uh now that we've got that uh, conference championship prize dangling out there uh that is really compelling but um you're right uh it's 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 gravy from this point on, I think.
1: Yeah, this, uh, like Tracy said in the interview, you had a great interview with Tracy there. The best part is that this this team has exceeded expectations. There's a momentum going the right direction. We're playing with house money right now. And, you know, you take that perspective, you can really start enjoying the upcoming game against San Diego State, the following game against New Mexico in a bowl game. And um, that perspective, uh, sitting where we were sitting at this point last year, is a a huge
0: improvement. Oh, you better believe it. I tell you. Uh, now let's uh, let's look at the San Diego game uh, if, uh for announcements. I I have a note here from um from Tim Harkins. Um if you're going to the game, uh and if you're going to go to the basketball game because there's also a basketball game that night, uh toys for tots will be collected and uh, there'll be a couple of locations. Uh, I think the Ford uh, parking lot, um, will be one location. I think there'll be also, uh, somewhere around the, um, uh, stadium or uh, the arena, excuse me, the arena. Uh, so, uh, if you want to support that program, bring a brand new unwrapped, uh, toy, you know, and it's original packaging. So that's one reminder. And, um, let's see the game, uh, kicks off. When is kickoff now?
1: Kickoff is at 1.30, um, Mountain Standard Time, on CBS Sportsnet, and then the basketball game will tip off in the Arena Auditorium at 7 p.m., Mountain Standard Time.
0: I had a question. uh, Is the game going to be streamed as well, or is it just on CBS, CBS Sports?
1: That's a question I don't know. Um, I know CBS Sportsnet's a little different ESPN Networks, because you can always stream the game on the ESPN Networks. I'm not sure if that game is, you have the ability to stream that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, uh, probably not. I'm going to go down to the uh, Crystal City Sports Pub where I always go. So uh, we'll be down there. And that's for any of you in the Washington, D.C. area. I'd be down at the Crystal City Sports Pub in Arlington. Uh, so there's that. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Well, you know what time we're getting to be here. I'm going to reach over here and get this and, uh, ah, yeah, there we go. All right. We're getting that in the, uh, (laughs) well, there you have it. Another podcast in the can and we're pouring beer out of the can. So, um, I want to thank you, uh, for Ian, for being with us.
1: You had a great time, Jeff. And uh, while you're making uh, the trek over to the Crystal Pub, I'll be driving up to Laramie uh, to watch a double header this weekend. Looking forward to both games, especially the football game, which is a very big one for the Wyoming football program.
0: Well, you bet. And uh, drive care- drive carefully. And uh, I want you to come back here for podcast Number 15 with a victory in your pocket, all right?
1: Sounds like a great plan.
0: All right, well, let's just take it out of here now, all right? So there you have it. Podcast number 14. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And I've been joined by the publisher of the GoYoGo website, Ian McMackin. This has been a production of Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with GoYoGo Message Board. want to thank the University of Wyoming, Learfield Sports, and Mr. Dave Walsh for providing us with the play-by-play of the game. All rights reserved.